Yes, it's your old pal, the Crypt Keeper. Howdy, folks. I'm Sleazy B. Martini, entrepreneur extraordinaire. Hi, this is Doc Bradley. You're listening to Quality Time. This is Curtis Armstrong, and you're listening to Quality Time. Quality Time Podcast. And you're listening to Quality Time. Quality Time. The dangling thumb. And you're listening to Quality Time Broadcast. And they paid me Oh my God! It's Make America. I too have made America innate. Um, so, uh, <laughs> hey, have you guys ever heard of uh, or read about the uh, Saddam Hussein's like sadistic son, who uh, who basically got to do whatever he wants? Yeah, he basically was. Uh, the best way to describe it, uh, everything you could imagine worse. He's basically a Game of Thrones bad guy. He like he is. Uh, like he would just have like uh, a rape den. He would he would kill servants just for fun, and not like like in like hostile style ways. Like he was like basically a serial killer with total free immunity from the state because his dad was Saddam Hussein. Uh, and the only time he ever got his hand slapped is because he killed one of Saddam Hussein's like right hand men, and uh, like he is like I'm taking away the Ferrari. Um, that was like his punishment. <laughs> You gotta be fine. At least he didn't do cocaine and have sex with underage girls. So that's all good. The only way I can like relate when people describe something like that, like you know who I'm talking about, the closest I can think of is being like, Oh, he's the Ellen DeGeneres of the Middle East. (laughs) Monster. Uh, and you know what? We're here to talk about more monsters today. Welcome to quality time. Uh I'm here. Uh you know when I re- finally realized that Ellen had made it? How, when did you realize it? When I went to the casino and she had her own slots. Oh, <laughs> that is, you know, that is a big step. When you have a slot machine, I like, I never thought about watching How I Met Your Mother until I knew I could feed $25 into it and win six back. Um, I, then I knew I, it was I'm a guessing, cultural I'm thing. I'm guessing that when you won the jackpot, she was like dancing on screen since they're all like video now. And also, if you won a big prize, like something would come out of the box, like a clown to scare a guest or something. Actually, the way Jeremy describes it, I'm kind of like a slot machine. If you put money into me, something might come out of my box. You might might be nothing, might be something good. Who knows? Just <laughs> keep pouring money into me. I like it. You just you you just shove a dollar into your mouth and pull your arm down like one of those fucking Chinese cats, and then boop. Who knows? Oops, lost that in a Kegel accident. Uh, put a lot of money in into me and it's going to be like you're going to get one of two prizes you're like wow she's really worth it <laughs> or you're going to stick a lot of money into me and be like this was not worth the investment <laughs> yeah it's like yeah you're either going to be a crypto investor or very happy um it's <laughs> oh man but yeah we're here hi my name is eric woodworth i'm joined first by my blood my brother jeremy p woodworth jeremy how are you sir Oh, who you talk to? Oh, God. It, I, please tell me this is Michael Shannon. <laughs> oh, it is me, Jet Li. Oh, it's Jet Li. <laughs> yeah. 
You sound a lot like uh, uh, a guy who was on our show last week. This is the only name I can name that is actually Japanese. Oh, okay. <laughs> I like it because you go your only Japanese in, uh, impersonation. You try to sound like the guy from uh, Big Trouble in Little China with the weird eye. I am fully fluent in Japanese. <laughs> It's not even, it's so, it's so not good. Oh, God. So, uh, we're also joined by the very lovely, the very talented, Miss Ashley Pontius. Ashley, how are you? Hi, Daddy. I'm good. Making my way to the yacht. It's at level eight. <laughs> so, uh, Jeremy, I saw the news today that you were, uh, you got your car up and running for under $300. Yeah, two hundred fifty for the uh, radiator and another uh, thirty dollars for uh, a thermostat and gasket. Um, I guess the extra twenty is like uh, sweat or something. Yeah, the extra twenty was just for that pizza I needed to fuel my rage. I, I was rounded up, you know, say three hundred instead of two eighty because it makes it sound worse. That's good though, Jeremy. That's great. Well, congratulations, man. How does she, how's old Blue Steel running? I did it all by myself, and and I didn't break down again. That's great. Give it a week. <laughs> all right, I'll give I'll give it a whole two weeks. Two week when notice. You, when you hey. see me news and and my car is like a burnt out shell on the side of the road, know that I repaired that myself. <laughs> <laughs> I have an idea. I, I kind of want to go neck and neck on this. I want to see what can go longer. I want to see what can last longer, Jeremy's car or me. Oh, I want to see what breaks down first? <laughs> mm. you're, you're you're more resilient than fucking uh, uh, um, Chumbawamba. <laughs> <laughs> you get knocked down. You call her a weeble wobble person. She gets knocked I down. I'm a weeble way. wobble. I'm very top heavy. I just fall right over and I get right back. <laughs> no, you you wake up, new day, new person. Just do it again. I wish you knew how untrue that was. But thanks, Jeremy. I appreciate the pep talk. I'm sorry. I wear my depression like a comfortable shoe. And the music is going, baby. Woo! Yeah. It's a good picture. Uh, <laughs> well, I'm glad. You pay me now. Five dollars. It's a good picture. Uh, and uh, Ashley, you said you had a pretty good show on Friday, yes? Or was it the other so day? So Friday was um, interesting. So I had this show at a venue I've never been to before in Baltimore called The Crown. And they've had very fancy posters. Like they're in French. They're very classy looking. Like just, ooh, I'm thinking this is going to be a hoity-toity venue. Mm -hmm. I made the mistake not googling this venue before I to leave and I pull up to one of the most terrifying neighborhoods in Baltimore <laughs> and the crown is short for crown Korean barbecue oh it's a Korean barbecue <laughs> comedy club and I park my car in the safest place I can think of and I go to pay for parking and lo and behold, the machine is no longer in service. So I'm like, okay, I'm just going to assume it's fine to park here. And I see a stranger on the street and I go, can I leave my car here? And he's like, <laughs> you can. And I was like, oh, okay, great. So I start to walk away 
And then within seconds of leaving my car, I hear, hey, baby, hey, 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 you got a man, hey, hey, come on, baby. And I'm like, you don't want this. I'm so gross. So the whole way, like, to the door of the crown, I'm just getting catcalled by the most terrifying crackheads I've ever seen. And I get inside, and there is a woman wearing a fur coat. And she, yes, Eric. No, I was just looking at the crown. Um, yeah, because but, but like and even so inside yeah, you can't really tell, right? You have to look up the outside of the oh, building. No, I, I know where it is. It's west. It's right. It's uh, it's not far off Route Forty, West Baltimore. Yeah, I'm familiar with the area. Okay. I, I know I know okay. where you're at right now. <laughs> okay. So I get in the front door, and there's a woman in a fur coat and makeup that looks like she was born in it, and over the years it has just slowly melted into and down her face, and. She's dangling a cigarette in her mouth and she goes, are you here for takeout? And I go, um, no. She takes a drag and then she goes, comedy. And I go, go. yes, (laughs) that is what I'm here for. So it's off to a no, great start. I've performed. So I, I performed at this venue. Chris Hudson used to book book this place. It's upstairs. Correct. Yeah. Yes. I've uh, been no, to no, this. No, place. no, 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 no. You are part right. So, yes, there's an upstairs part. Yes, it used to be run by Chris, Chris Hudson. I was in the first level. Shows you how well I'm doing. So I'm in the first <laughs> level. Um, and you know what else is funny is Bryant Tinker is there. God bless. He was my hero all night. And Bryant goes, yeah, Chris Hudson used to have this place. So funny. He used to get robbed outside of this place all the time. And I said, that's funny because Chris also gets <laughs> robbed online. So um, <laughs> shout out Chris Hudson who got scammed Good by, by uh, uh, showing his dick to a woman on the Internet who then held it for ransom. <laughs> so, <laughs> anyway, sorry. Excuse me. So it's already off to like a great start. We have 10 people in this audience. 10 people and i'm like this is fantastic i'm so glad i drove to baltimore for this but anyways our host and part booker is ian sawyers oh yeah big e big big wet blanket e it's funny you bring that up so um during his opening set which is not going that well he out of sort of like out of nowhere says to the audience hey you know, hey, trans women are beautiful. And I can feel even the LGBTQA in the audience is like, yes, yes. J- just like, why is this coming up? So I feel like he's trying to do an inverse Dave Chappelle, which I then later called him Dave Rappel because it was awful. <laughs> um, so, uh, <laughs> so he's going in on this and then he says, um, who likes pussy anyway? Because really, eating pussy is the gayest thing ever because clits are just little penises. And Bryant Tinker is sitting next to me, swishing his whiskey. And he turns <laughs> and he looks at me and he goes, I gotta be honest. Don't get upset. But like, man, the only thing I like about you bitches is pussy. I don't understand what you're <laughs> saying. <laughs> He's like, who don't like pussy? It's the best part of a woman. What the fuck is he talking about? (laughs) So that's great. So then I decide to do something very un-Ashley-like. Because I'm like, this is a horrible show. So I get up and I go, "Uh, 
Thank you guys so much for having me. Um, it means a lot being the only trans female performer on this lineup tonight. And everybody pauses and I can see faces starting to freak out. And I go, I'm just kidding. I wanted to see if Ian really meant what he said. I was like, let me see your pants. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I don't see no outline. <laughs> nobody liked that <laughs> so. well, you, so, know, yeah. uh, you know well good Ian Salyer's joke I'm always in on I like it one of the problems that Gigi Allen has was that he, he did kind of go uh, transvestite for a while but man he had a really tiny penis so that you really couldn't tell yeah did you, have you guys watched the new Ricky Gervais special at all on Netflix it's pretty it's pretty funny he has he has one joke uh and he goes uh he was just like i don't like all these old-fashioned women you know these old women the ones that don't have penises <laughs> i don't need them <laughs> <laughs> well so like here's my thing again just to like be clear to our audience i totally agree with his statement trans women are beautiful but why bring it up like the virtue signaling was so so strong that I was like, why are you tanking your set just to make a political statement? Yeah. It seemed like, a, it, and it seemed like the right audience to do it. Uh, and by that, I mean not at all. So it was terrible. Um, that's good. Yeah. I'm glad. I'm glad you had a fun time at the Korean. Did you try actually any of the Korean barbecue there, though? No, because um, funny thing for some of us in comedy, Eric, I didn't make enough money to make that trip worth it. Oh, gosh. No, it is no, it is worth it, money. though. There, listen, if there's one thing I know, if there is a, a thriving restaurant in a stabby area, it's there for a reason, because that some bitch is good. Um, <laughs> it really is, because they're like, it might get, it gets robbed, but you know what? They'll, they'll just make it back tomorrow, because the fucking, they're going to move some wings. Yes. I made... The incentive is there if you're going to do a comedy setup. If you're going to do a comedy set, make it your your last set because you might die when you leave the. Uh... I made Bryant Tinker walk me to my smart car. Hell yeah! I was like, "You seem safe." He's like, "I've never had trouble," and I was like, "Bryant." <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I want to be walked in my car by either uh, Larry XL or Alabama. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, so, well, so Beth Hayden texts me and she goes, um, Hey, I know you're freaking out. That's like my neighborhood. I live around the corner. You're going to be fine. She's like, No one ever bothers me. And I go, Oh, I'm sorry, Beth. I hate to be the one to tell this to you, but maybe they're just not into you the way they're into me. Maybe they don't like your bug eyes and your weird ankles. Maybe they like them a little thicker and more like a Purdue chicken. <laughs> and she's like hurtful. I was like, I'm just pointing out the obvious. Oh no. Sweet Beth Hayden straight out of the I, cult I and into the frying I, I'm pan. I'm here for any um, transsexual woman. I'm ready to rate how, uh, how good you look. So. I'm good. That, that's what they've been looking for. They're looking for yeah. Jeremy Woodworth's approval. I knew that. You are the Ian Salyer's quality. You can also do it in a Wilford Brimley voice. Okay. <laughs> I think you're doing pretty good with your your womanly parts, but on your face, it's a little rough. I got to be honest with you. You look like you had a catheter shoved in each eyeball. I'm going to suggest some Quaker oats and maybe some diabetes medicine. Hey, you're pretty. I don't even know what anything is anymore, and I'm angry. I don't know whether you really are a woman, and I don't care. 
<laughs> I'm happy that you're just speaking to me, but don't record what I'm saying. Otherwise, I'll be furious. Do you know about that story that Wilford Brimley got mad that we walked up to him with a recorder yes. once? It was great. I do know that. I yeah. kept it. We put it on the show. Um, it was because uh, you know His why? Because let him do wouldn't let him do shout outs. But I'm sure without them, we could have gotten away with murder. So hell yeah, hell yeah. Let's fucking let's fucking do it. Uh, I don't have a lot of uh, super fun stories other than uh, uh, we did a new murder mystery last night at the Breakbox Theater, which uh, it, it's called uh, One Life Not to Live, and it's a soap opera based one. It's very fun and. Uh, in this thing, spoiler alert, I get slapped by almost every cast member, okay? Jeremy has left the studio. I'm sure he'll be back soon. But, Ashley, I get slapped. Now, um, I would like you to try to guess. Um, I even get slapped by audience members in this, okay? Um, now, I do a good job of, like, trying to, like take it and also slap myself on the leg so it just sounds extra dramatic so each one like the audience gasps pretty much but you gotta at least make some contact okay who i would like you out of everybody that you know uh in the in the cast who slapped the hardest and who slapped the weakest I'm going to say Katie slapped the hardest. Correct. Hey, you want to know something? Everybody also guessed guessed Katie. Now why do you yeah. think uh, because we're women and there's something very hateable about your face. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I did do this though before we went out because we were kind of practicing backstage or whatever. Uh, like right before we went out, I would kind of leaned into her. I was like, hey, when we get out there, don't slap like a bitch like you did back here, okay? I actually put something into it. So I did, <laughs> I did and I saw her face. She's like, fuck you. And so she definitely yeah. did haul off on me. And it felt kind of good. Listen, uh, I have uh, I have a problem that when I also drink, I like slapping myself. So nobody slaps harder than I already do. I've already felt the hardest slaps that you probably yeah. can feel. Eric, um, sl- Eric slaps himself like I talk to myself, like, hey. You can't hate me more than I hate. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, uh, so uh, now, who would you like to guess out of the cast slapped uh, the the had the softest of of slaps? Oh, I'm hey. gonna go with Rob Mayer. Oh, Rob Mayer's a good guess, but uh, actually, he was the only person that didn't slap me. So technically, you're not wrong. Oh. Um, so if he didn't, then I'm gonna go with Tommy. Okay, Tommy, do you have any guesses, uh, Jeremy? Who's my, first, the my first guess is Katie. Can you hear me? Katie, yes. Katie was the hardest slap. Okay, second. My my second guess would be Justin. As the second hardest, or the or the weakest. The weakest. Justin was the weakest. Okay, um, so you're both wrong. It was oh. uh, it was the soft, wet hands of Sean Gabbard. Uh, who oh, was just that should have been obvious. He actually was so. I think terrified to even touch my face that he never actually he he went he would go like this like he was slapping a butt like this like yeah. in front of my face I was like I, and like after the first show I was like Sean it's okay listen I am a big super retarded man um, you can you can slap I'm giving you authorization I'm not saying it gives me an erection because it does but um, go ahead have at it and, and do it and the second show you know what he did the exact same thing. <laughs> So he's just a kind, gentle man. And uh, you know what? For, to that, I applaud you, Sean. I applaud you. Uh, but I did definitely look like red as fuck going into like round two. And they were like, have you been drinking? I was like, no, I just got slapped 15 times. <laughs> and by audience members too. Like, come on. Um, 
Um, as I would suggest, Sean Gabbard should be afraid. <laughs> Why should he be afraid? Because you can eat them if you want. <laughs> I mean, no, I should have guessed Sean. That's actually kind of obvious. I, I also. How's this, guys? Is this my best angle? Yeah. Have, Jeremy has now uh, moved the camera so that it's looking downward at his forehead. It's it's perfect. Tell me about your views on women. You look like you're trying to inspire people in the Batman online. Um, <laughs> you look like you look like when some what I imagine when I look through the peephole what I don't want to see. You look like the diddler. <laughs> like the kidler. Um no, that's uh so that was that was a hoot. And then I only other one that I have and uh it, it's not a big one, but we had an audience member role from Friday night um at the murder mystery who I've never seen somebody first of all, the most turbo of gay males I've ever met in my life. He turbo had, gay. A turbo. I mean, if there is if there is if he was Johnny Storm full flame on we we cast him and this guy he he looked at it he was just like okay and like he was reading over it he's like okay i'm thinking he's like 36 37 he probably has a little bit he was giving up a background story is like he did theater um like this so he gave he made a whole background story for something he has for like four lines for and when this motherfucker got up he is commanding the stage and just like he was just like uh let me tell you about this he's adding in quips he's like that wasn't in but it's gonna come important for my next line and so he's adding he's not only that he's ad-libbing and adding and i just gotta say bravo to that guy i don't remember his name but i was like come to every murder mystery you sweet man you because you have a part instantly my my favorite my favorite um story is uh John Waters recalling that um <laughs> the, the the actor or 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 uh king of all uh, transvestites named Divine was even disturbed by by meeting uh Richard Simmons that even he <laughs> even Divine <laughs> couldn't stand Richard Simmons cuz he was so gay. <laughs> <That's a> vibe. <laughs> well, I think I think listen Richard Simmons has also this kind of a vibe of like so happy it's not genuine that it is scary when you're so happy that it, there's no way that's even possible it's unsettling because those are the people that were like hey when everybody leaves you know what we're gonna do some stabbing well, well, there's two things Eric's right so there's one thing I can't stand it's like these fake over the top happy people Number two is rich people, though, because last night at a show, I talked about like how legitimately hairy I am and how it takes me forever in different days of the week. I shave different body parts. So I'm completely hairless. And they are like, OK, that's weird. Uh, why do you do that? I go into the story and this girl goes, why don't you just get lace, like get it lasered off? And I go, oh, I'm poor. Why don't you just have one of your servants do it, Ashley? <laughs> but she was like, what do you mean? Like you too poor to afford laser hair removal? And I was like, yeah. She's like, oh, that's so sad. Oh my God. That is so poor. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. That's uh, I, I, I'm not that rich myself either, but uh, yeah. you know, it's all, it's even if I was, I don't think I would, you know, I'd miss shaving my own bush. You know, I like keeping it, I like keeping it tip top my own. Oh, Eric, I don't think you shave your bush. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm getting old yeah, enough where it just falls out by itself. Uh, the saddest, 
the saddest part is like i'm so poor i should be like a peasant storming like the czars right now but i'm actually like the most conservative uh republican there is so i'm just like a conundrum so oh i also hey one other story last night i came up with a new term i never ever uttered before i'm sure somebody has possibly said it but i now refer to eating pussy as uh giving a puss job so pj is what now what i refer to it as you don't like the phrase puss job (laughs) your wife is gonna love that Hey, Lon, you trying to get a PJ? What the hell is that? It's called a puss no. job. It's where I- No, oh. Eric, you're misunderstanding. A PJ <laughs> is when you smother your crotch in peanut butter and make your dog lick it off. <laughs> That's a PJ. <laughs> yeah. I, um, Shout out I PJ actually, Souls. I, I actually uh, comfort myself making probably 17K a year saying, yeah, I'm still richer than most people in the world. Yeah. Hell yeah. Fucking show those Namibians. Um so I don't live I don't live with a dirt floor. I have actual cement and wood on my floors. I have I live in harmony with the rats, unlike you. <laughs> and and then I also try then I also try try to I tried to say maybe I'm communing with, um, you know, the reincarnated souls and these rats are actually somebody that is, you know, making another go round. Yes. <laughs> oh. And then I kill them and torture them because I hate them. Oh, I, I, can I also, I, I got one other, I'm sorry. I have one last little story from this weekend and Jeremy, you'll appreciate this. I don't know if you will appreciate it. I should have got a picture of this lady. Um, But I looked at this lady uh, who was at the show on Friday. And I swear to God, Jeremy, if I took a picture of her, you would have thought somehow grandmother Shirley had been reincarnated into this 40-year-old woman's body. I mean, she looked, I'm telling you, a fucking dead ringer for our grandmother. So much so that I like couldn't stop looking at her. I was like, you look so... And so I, I went at the end of the show, I was like, hey, can I, can I just tell you something? I was like... You look like you like if if you were Shang Tsung, you look like my grandmother. But like if she was Shang Tsung and she sucked the souls out of other mortal combatants, so that you looked like this younger version of her. I was like, and I was just like, she was like, oh really? I was like, yes, you look like my grandmother. So I just want to say thank you for coming, and I gave her a hug. And then I don't know. I guess it was weird, but she really did look like grandmother Shirley. I can't explain Um, it other than that. I hate. to say this because I am completely insane. But if I do see somebody like that, I'm thinking, okay, time is meaningless once you die, and it actually is grandmother traveling through time just to check up on you. So it's really interesting how we each have like different perspectives on what happens to us in life. Because, like, for me, if I ran into someone that looked like my grandmother, I would immediately start crying and be like, why did you fake your death to get away from me? <laughs> Again. <laughs> well, gotta I be go- grinding you and you have a different alias. Oh, Damn it. She's like, I'll tell you everything. Hold on. I just got to get a pack of smokes. I'll be right back. And then out of your life again. <laughs> wait, wait a second. Aren't you? Aren't you Bruce Banner, the Hulk? No, I'm Bruce Bynum, and I'm totally different. I have a mustache now. <laughs> Bruce Bynum? <laughs> That's what I need Bruce is my Bynum. dead grandma, like, gaslighting me, be like, I'm not your grandma, I'm Hitler. 
like, yeah, I know you're my grandmother. Yeah. I like, I always find that incest porn is always kind of gross, you know? Uh, the sad story though is, uh, you know, when grandma dies, she totally ghosts you. Um, anyway, uh, Stop it. it's wrong. Stop it. <laughs> Stop. Even though, don't do it. Don't do it. Stop it. Um, so are we ready to go over tonight's goddamn movie or what? Because I'm excited. It is a 1980 classic. Uh, I've seen it so many years ago. Uh, Shogun Assassin, which, Jeremy, you've blessed us with a Shogun Assassin song since you're unemployed again. The music is back on the table. Would you like to preface it with anything before we hit it into high gear? Um, I don't know. If, if you want to play the whole thing, because it's a total spoiler of pretty much the whole movie, you don't even need my commentary the rest of this show well that's but, perfect um, I, then i'm definitely playing it um the, so all right here here's Jeremy by the way, by, no one one preface one take for every part which is one take on guitar one take on uh vocals so perfect all right here we go shogun assassin Okay, Shogun Assassin. There we go. I, I feel like you guys were having trouble hearing it, but the levels were uh, about as high as I could make them go. So, uh, Jeremy, that is uh, your usual level of production, I feel like, you've gone back to. So, good kudos there. Fuck second takes, man. <laughs> you know, that's that's the punk rock world. You get what you get, and that's as raw as it gets, like like sushi and 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 cut right in front of you and served with a little bit of hayaguchi whatever that shit is fuck yeah uh but no this uh this movie is actually two movies uh that were edited into a single film uh that were filmed in the 70s uh called Lone Wolf and Cub uh back at the original one coming out in 1972 uh huge inspirations though throughout since the since it debuted in the 80s here uh it was uh, a big inspiration for the movie Kill Bill so much that the end of Kill Bill volume 2 uh the bride actually asks the or uh, asks her daughter if she wants to go watch Shogun Assassin later tonight and she goes oh yeah 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 so very much inspired especially the violence in it and the sword fighting very Kill Bill-esque Jeremy's nodding his head as if that's not correct you don't you don't agree the little girl asks if she can watch oh, okay. Shogun Assassin and 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 Bill's like oh no that's too long yeah Jeremy's right I just didn't want to be the one to say it thanks Jeremy but they're actually Sorry, watching it at the end per perfectly right because um you know it's all good. I'm pretty sure that the that they watch it together at the end. They're sitting there watching a movie, and the movie that they're watching is Shogun Assassin. 
Oh, they, of course they do. And, and you hear the, uh, almost the entire minute scrawl from the beginning with the little kid. Uh, of course, isn't that the reason why we're watching this? <laughs> but, but so, no, Jeremy's right is because the daughter says she wants to watch it. Bill says no. But then Uma Thurman is like, I want time with the kid you kept from me. So then they watch it together and you hear the whole first intro. That's all. We're good. I'm on Boom. Jeremy's side. Oh, so- Woodworth. Let's let let's let's preface let's preface um the end of the movie when she finds out her daughter is alive and she's like Oh damn, did I kill all those people thinking my kid was dead? Whoops. Uh, the the film is uh is based off a manga series called Lone Wolf and Cub, created by author uh, uh, Kazuo Koei and artist uh, Gosieki Kojima, um, which is the listen. That's the best pronunciation you're gonna get out of me. No, you just you did fine, and it didn't like the faces you were. Making. Kojima. <laughs> yeah, I don't like it. I don't like it. You look, like, you look like Freddy Krueger as a worm about to eat somebody's legs. I don't like it. But I, I would Such like to play. Day. I would like Kojima. to play this this intro because uh, I didn't even have to rip audio from it because if you're a big fan of the Wu-Tang Clan, as your boy is, uh, the whole Jizza album called Liquid Swords has multiple excerpts from the movie, including the intro to this movie here. When I was little, my father was famous. He was the greatest samurai in the empire. And he was the Shogun's decapitator. He cut off the heads of 131 lords. It was a bad time for the Empire. The Shogun just stayed inside his castle, and he never came out. People said his brain was infected by devils. My father would come home. He would forget about the killings. He wasn't scared of the Shogun, but the Shogun was scared of him. Maybe that was the problem. Then, one night, the Shogun sent his ninja spies to our house. They were supposed to kill my father, but they didn't. And I can't think of a better intro to a goddamn hip hop song than that. When the MCs came, about the names. Anyway, Liquid Swords by the Jizz, a great album from the Wu Tang Clan, right there. Uh, but no, I love. I I don't know. To me, I saw this movie with my f- dear friend Sean Laskowitz, uh, who uh, had a copy of it. I remember watching it more than once and be like, God, this fucking violence is so good. Because like, I used to watch movies like Dawn of the Dead with him and shit like that. And I like that it has that really bad seventies super red blood. I don't understand it. It took until the eighties to figure out how blood looked on screen for some reason. There's a big cutoff it's like mid 80s where blood actually looked like real blood but in the 70s it was just fucking blight bright red and this one just gives you gallons of it because every sword slash is like fucking everywhere it just depends what day of your period you're on (laughs) 
Are you a bright? Oh, uh oh, it's a bright red day. I like that your I like that your periods are like uh fucking terrorist alert uh, alert warnings from like the Bush administration. <laughs> it it is from the Bush administration. Uh, <laughs> but look, look. My periods are this year's Pantone pick color, okay? <laughs> because it starts out real bright. You're like, oh, I have a surprise. And then like day two, it's real dark red. Kind of looks like you have a gunshot wound. And then like day three or four, it's kind of brown, you know, pushing out like any dead babies in there, that type of deal, <laughs> few organs, few pieces of your uterus. You're like, oh, there it is. Like, you know, it changes colors. Oh. It's like water. It's definitely a pants tone you don't real want. Dark color, you know, you're ready for prom. <laughs> yeah, Eric. I even made Eric a shirt that says. <laughs> I even made Eric a shirt that says. I ain't gonna bust unless it looks like rust. So. <laughs> I, I got an idea. Listen, Ashley Pontius laughs. You can go to her store. I'm gonna say, hey, maybe add a new product. It's called it's called the uh, the Ashley Pontius tie dye menstrual cycle. And what you do is each day you drop a different layer on the shirt that's ringed out like that, and you do it out. It's this beautiful pattern of just uh, of of the whole cycle for you. <laughs> <laughs> there you go so uh, it's good uh now in the opening sequence you'll notice that uh, a symbol appears through the credits uh that is the official family crest or mon of the powerful uh uh tokuwaga uh, i'm sorry tokugawa clan uh which ruled japan as shoguns from 1603 until the end of edo uh period in 1868 now these symbols were very similar in function to flags and like flags they were considered sacrilegious to uh desecrate or destroy them so uh big uh deal so it's it has some type of they try to bring some historical relevance to it like this could have possibly happened but uh when we get to the baby stroller of death uh i <laughs> I feel like we're gonna lose just just a hair just a hair of realism there uh and the fact that everybody who gets cut squirts 10 foot blood geysers out of their neck but other than that totally true story um so can i point out does anybody else agree that i feel like the shogun looks like the guy from jumanji that's hunting <laughs> rob <laughs> no oh no you know who i think he looks like he looks more like his son who's slowly turning into a monkey boy like he has that weird kind of like facial hair sideburns that are growing off the side he, he there. does but eric if you look up the guy that plays the hunter i know who you're talking about very well the, he's also the butler in richie rich he is but i'm saying if you think of him looking like the hunter it matches the shogun better in my opinion I mean, I see it. I see where you're coming from. Listen, the listen, Jumanji. If there's one thing we could agree with it, there's multiple characters with strong sideburns and facial hair in the movie. So I think I don't think there's any wrong answers here. I agree with both, um, but more with mine. Anyway. Um, <laughs> So, uh, uh, my my favorite my favorite part about uh, Lone Wolf slash Shogun Assassin is that uh, whenever I see his face, I always think about um, Pai Mei saying that uh, sword fighting is for Japanese fatheads. <laughs> 
<laughs> so uh, I do. It follows uh, uh, Ido and uh, Dia Goro, uh, or the wolf and the cub, him and his son. Obviously, in the opening scene, his uh, as we heard, his wife is murdered by the Shogun's men, who is just paranoid as hell. Uh, but I'd like to just talk about our main character, the wolf. I love that he is basically like Steven Seagal now. Like he's this kind of tubby guy that is just, he doesn't look like a man who could kill anyone, but he could destroy a Golden Corral buffet. Like that is who we're dealing with as the main character here. And I, I'm, I'm for a uh, uh, fat protagonist. <laughs> well, so I do love when we meet his wife that like one, of, we don't even, I don't even remember if we see her face first. But we definitely see a titty, like full Fuck on yeah. screen titty. Yeah. And at first I clammed up because I was like, holy shit, did Eric pick this movie because he's in it? Or <laughs> God damn you. God damn you. Leave my rocking tits out of this. <laughs> mm, rocking is a strong word. <laughs> Leave what I it's wish was the, rocking. Probably the best breastfeeding scene of any movie. <laughs> yeah, it's a strong one. Uh, but it, Obviously, uh, his sweet father is able to, uh, and what a great, what a great Father's Day movie this is. He, he, they come to kill him and his son, and he just grabs his son in one hand, and then sword fights like fifty people and murders them all. Just like <laughs> it fucking rules. The other thing I love though is, doesn't she tell him that like, oh, I had this dream about what's going to happen to you, and he goes, bad dreams are only dreams. I'm like, why does that feel like a shitty Hobby Lobby sign people put in their bedroom? <laughs> <laughs> There's, uh, no, I I do like it. And then he sees the Shogun outside, but they have a uh, they have some flashbacks, I guess, where he's uh the Shogun is uh telling him to uh, do ritual suicide to himself, and he's in his ritual suicide gear, and he's like, nah, fuck that, I ain't doing it, and I'm gonna go fucking murder you guys, and then leaves his son with a choice. He's like, you could choose the ball, or you could choose the sword, and it's like, if you chose the ball, I'm just gonna cut my son in half, and it was just like, <laughs> I was like, well, looks like you made the good decision. I'll love you now. <laughs> I, yeah, I love the idea that yeah, you leave that type of decision up to your baby mm-hmm. to be able to choose but then i love when the baby does pick the sword he's like e, your mother would be so proud and i'm like would she though <laughs> good she actually hated balls um <laughs> that's you why have, you have two choices before you the smith and wesson gun <laughs> or the richard simmons video Make your <laughs> well, I just gotta say, look, take your kid to work day is gonna look a lot different this year. Hell yeah, hell yeah. Uh, so uh, I, I, I'm just, I'm not really going in particular order, but there's about like ten scenes I want to talk about in this movie. One is where uh, he makes, uh, he, he fights the one Shogun. The Shogun himself is sending his sons against him, okay? And so mm-hmm. the first one he fights like at like this kind of waterfall area or whatever, and they have a little square down. And he, with, through trickery, he takes like the blade up through the water and cuts him down. And I love that the Shogun, he's just like, oh, you failed again, but I'd, I'd kill a thousand of my sons just to destroy you. <laughs> just like, why don't you just stop having babies for this guy to murder? Like, just stop. <laughs> Just give up, man. He's clearly won. Um, I just by I the love way, the, by the, way the Shogun, 
they they said early that he was filled with demons, but he looked totally normal. That is true. He looked like he was in Jumanji, if we're to believe uh, me and I, Ashley. Um, <laughs> he looked like he was halfway into actually turning into a werewolf. A little bit. He did. Yeah, I can see Hi, I'm Asian Wolverine. Um, so, like, also, by the way, in that scene in Star Wars when uh, Vader throws like the Emperor into the uh, the power the power um, uh, you know the the reactor pit is that you know all the it seems as if all the demons actually fly out of him at that moment. So and go back to like their their planet where there's like a whole planet of um, emperors. So. Yeah. Now, uh, I did. The next time uh, he meets up with one of the Shogun's sons, he challenges him out in a field. And uh, I love the, listen, great fathering and parenting. He uses his son as a decoy so that he ducks down, which, if this doesn't work, his son 100% gets decapitated. No questions about it. He puts his son in line to get a fucking head swipe like this, but he put a little mirror on his head so it blinds him, and then he cuts the guy's fucking whole ass head off in a really cool scene where he's just standing there and the fucking blood squirting out like it's almost like Guar-esque how good it is. I did love Oh yeah, but I, I just love it. It was like he's. This is what happens when there's not a strong womanly figure in the household. Okay, it's just like, what are you guys doing? He's like, I'm just gonna use our son as a decoy. I'm gonna put a mirror on his head so I can cut a guy's head off. And like, what if? What if the son? What if there's like the son isn't out? He's like, you know, I didn't. I gotta be honest with you. I didn't even think about that. I didn't even think <laughs> that it could go wrong well, at any point. Eric, Eric is right because when when a man is alone with his kids and no woman is there. He decapitates a man and blood squirts out of the guy's head. When a woman is there, blood squirts out of her puss. Hell yeah. And they make tie-dye shirts available at ashleypontiuslabs.com. Check it out. Put it on you. Um, It's going to be a period-heavy episode. It's day four. It is. It's a period piece. Um, So we are... (laughs) As we go through here, we get to meet the next squadron of uh, assassins, which are lady ninjas. Uh, I like these lady ninjas. They already uh, school a couple of the Shogun's men, and they put the hit out on them. But what they're not expecting is that uh, now we have constructed what I like to call the baby stroller of death, uh, which is looks like a little whoa, wooden whoa, whoa, cart. Whoa, 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 whoa! Are we are we stopping at the the training and the and how the lady ninjas show their talent? No, please, so go ahead. Take us through it. You know, the Lucy Liu character, um, who's like the head of the ninjas, is like, oh, yeah, bring on your strongest guy. So the strongest guy is like, yeah, I'll take on these bitches. <laughs> Although he's like, oh, well, maybe not. I'm kind of scared. I got to escape from this room. <laughs> these women <laughs> just go around him and just like take off all of his limbs <laughs> until finally he's like a potato man. And I'm thinking, Man, that would have been seen would have been great if he's like, ah, it's just a flesh wound. So <laughs> I've had worse. You liar. <laughs> 
<laughs> so uh, these ladies go ahead, and I like that it's just like, oh, we're ladies walking down the street, and like, nope, you get stabbed, you get stabbed, and he just has to kill like seven women who just calmly walk up to him. I love... <laughs> I just, I love the whole scene. But also, the card is also designed so that the little boy can also have weapons of death that he can shoot out from the front of it and stab with. Uh, it's just, you know. The fact that Eric is pointing this out is very ableist. <laughs> <laughs> my, my favorite is is their, their amazing colored textiles that are just so meant to uh, distract somebody. Yeah, like, ooh. I was like, hey, they just killed four of our assassins. Don't worry, I have a pretty fan. I'll be good. <laughs> so uh, he's able to murder him, except for the head one. The head one gets away uh, and doesn't end up getting murdered, which you'll find out. It's because he thinks it looks like his wife, so he's got a little soft spot for her. All right. Now, um, um, by the way, this was the only scene of the movie that made me laugh so hard when she jumps out of her kimono and to run away that made me laugh so hard oh my god that was funny (laughs) jeremy eric has just revealed a very key component about himself because we now know that eric would make a fatal flaw if this was him because he'd see a woman that looked like your grandma and be like i'm gonna let her live she looks like gam 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 Grandma Shirley, tell us about what it was like being racist in the 50s. <laughs> <laughs> I think you met a black person once up in uh, up in Minnesota before you were age uh, 30. So, <laughs> so uh, uh, it was it, it, it was really fun. Now, uh, he eventually um, we, we get uh, the cub gets abducted and uh, in the situation by the uh, the main ninja lady. And uh, uh, the lone wolf is fo- forced himself to go um, to this well where they have the boy dangling. It's a pretty cool fight scene where he's able to just grab the rope in time just enough so that his son's feet get wet. And uh, again, he the, the lady kind of like in him have a little bit of sexual tension between them and uh, she's able to part ways once again, failing to kill both the lone wolf and the cub. There's nothing I hate more than a sexual tension headache. <laughs> Ugh, God, it's the worst. Now, uh, as it moves forward, uh, we get to see, um, uh, obviously, he's an assassin, so he gets little jobs like that. One of the jobs that he gets, it's to kill the Shogun's brothers. But these aren't just regular brothers. These are the brothers of death, uh, who look strangely like exactly like the guys from Big Trouble in Little China. I'm not saying they directly stole it off this movie because they had lightning powers, but it's a it's a, it's a similar look. The aesthetic is there, uh, and uh, they're masters of uh, of uh, swordsmanship and warfare in in and of themselves. One's got like Wolverine claws, another one's just got fists like with metal on them, and then the third guy's just the lamest one of them all. He's just like, I got a stick with little spikes on it. <laughs> I feel like he's, I was like, are you, sh- how did you get into the masters of death? Was this just cause your family? Ah, uh, it's the Brian Preston of. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, um, I have a, I have a theory about um, bad guys in movies is that they're, they're, they're more dangerous by how weird their hats are. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Take us through there. What's your first weird hat choice as bad guy? Well, they had funny hats. Well, okay. Let me. I I think we should make a list. All right. How about Gary Oldman from uh uh the the Fifth Element? 
That's a weird hat, right? Does that count as a hat or is that, is that uh, that's bio? like a like a plastic dome or something? Um, it's like a hairpiece. You think so? I, I'm, I, you wouldn't consider. I guess it's not doing any of the functionality a hat would. Um, I'm gonna go straight to uh, Dark Helmet from uh, Spaceballs. Okay, Dark Helmet from Spaceballs. Uh, what about Kane from uh, Poltergeist Two? Father Kane. Oh yeah, creepy, creepy uh, Amish hat. Yeah, you, you see that? It's uh, it's scarier because it's bigger than a regular hat. Uh, <laughs> and he was dying because he was like 90 years old, so literally lived two more years. Now, I will say, I just watched The Quick and the Dead, and because of hats, Gene Hackman has, like, the worst hat in The Quick and the Dead. He is, like, a real tight one, like a really tight bowler, and I don't like it out of all of them. Can you believe he's still alive? Is Gene Hackman alive? Yes, and he looks terrifying. Is he is he bad? Let me see. Let me see what Gene looks Hackman bad. looks like today. I want to see. It looks real bad. It's, Gene it's... and now. All right, Gene Hackman now. Wow, like he looks like yeah. Mel. He looks like Mel Brooks ten years ago. Um, he, he he looks like the Babadookie. It is bad. Like it is absolute dog shit. He he looks like what Nazis drew Jewish people to be. Does that make sense? Like it's real. It's real scary looking. Bad. It's not good. It's not good. You're gonna give me what I want. Um, I wish I could do a Gene Hackman. Gene Hackman Back. would be a good voice to ha- be able to do. Me, Lex Luthor. <laughs> there we go. Oh my! Oh my God, Gene Hackman. <laughs> so, so, Greatest criminal mind of the century. So eventually, the Lone Wolf does run into the Brothers of Death uh, on a ship to China, where they got to go murder some people. But okay, uh, what is what is Eric called them now? The Brothers of Death, the the the, the other <laughs> something of death, just not the Masters of Death. So are they? I thought they were the Brothers of Death. I guess they are the Masters of Death, but they're the Shogun's brother. <laughs> they're the Master of Puppets. Yes, the so. Masters. <laughs> The masters of Muppets. Um, that's what they are for the rest of the show. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I might have enjoyed this movie more if it was if it was Muppets. <laughs> if this whole movie. He he was it was a bad time for the empire. So it was a bad time for the empire. My dad was the uh, was the shogun's decapitator. Yeah, Biggie. <laughs> <laughs> they came they came to kill my father, but they didn't. Mm. Luckily, luckily that's when everything changed. What can I say? Uh. Um, he tried to he tried to kill McCready. <laughs> to be honest, I only care about Swedish chef. Yurgi Spurgi Burgi. Hey, Swedes. Swedes. <laughs> they're not Swedes, Mac. They're, they're Norwegians. <laughs> um, so uh, as we move forward here, uh, we they they meet up with uh, the masters of death and their weaponry on this ship. Uh, they are about to have a brief encounter because they realize they're like, oh, he's out to kill us, but you know we're actually out to kill somebody else right now. I'll see you later. And uh, their their target ends up burning the ship down. And there's this weird scene where he, I love when he he, he escapes by chopping the floor of the ship out. And this is a large man we've established who has somehow has the bunny hops of a Kobe Bryant who's able to immediately just jump 
a 15 foot vertical out with it with his son uh and then he puts him in the stroller and i just love the scene where he just like throws the fucking stroller into the water with him <laughs> i don't know why i watched that like five or six times and just laughed every time of just how unathletically he throws this giant wooden cart over that has his son in it um and then uh he goes to swim after her the lady ninja who was also on the boat follows after and there's this weird scene where they get to shoreline and they're like struggling or whatever and it almost you're like all right well the lone wolf is about to rape this woman and then they get fully nude and he's just like we need our body worth blah 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 to over here and then he brings his very naked son where you get to see child penis in the movie and i'm like yikes that's uh this is a bit much this is it shouldn't be the cover of Nevermind right now and then and then there's also a scene which feels like it's doctored like the kid isn't doing it but he's just touching the lady's titty like oh this is warm this is nice this is hmm just just like moms yeah you gotta (laughs) teach them early titty is home my man titty is home so uh they're they they warm themselves for the night and there isn't a sexual assault luckily uh and uh uh the next day we get to see the uh masters of death in action in what i can only explain is the worst possible trap ever laid so they're like crossing the desert and the guy who tried to burn the ship down who the masters of death were supposed to kill uh emerged Urges, first of all, they just walk out and be like, hmm, I gotta be honest with you, that kind of looks like a like a blanket with a little bit of sand on top of it. So the one guy with the claw just goes and stabs it and you see blood coming out and they're like, oh shit, they found us. And there's just 40 guys pop out from underneath the sand. They're like, all right, the jig's up. It's time to murder them. And then they just immediately just run up to him and all die at the hands of the masters of death, like instantly. So... It kind of makes them look like a strong adversary. Uh, but that's not enough to stop the lone wolf from taking out his man. Now, here's another thing that I find I find very odd. Now, it's the confrontation between the masters of death and the lone wolf. And the opening to this is that he's waiting for him up on a dune. His son, who he tries to protect at all times, he just leaves him there as a thing of like, yeah, my dad's up there if you want to go fight him or whatever. I was like, there's no way he could save him. The Masters of Death wanted to use him as a as like a bargaining chip. Like, I'll kill your son if you don't fucking let us go. They're like, nah, son, you wait there. If they kidnap you, you know what's going to happen? I'll save you from whatever's going to fucking happen. I'll chop them to bits. So, uh, it- okay, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that this desert reminded me of the kids from Thunderdome who lived out in the desert, but also uh, one of the greatest hats would be uh, Master Blaster, who was hiding his identity as a re- retarded person. So, yeah. <laughs> hey, guess what? When I swing, swing to the other side, mm-hmm. the girls call me Master Blaster. <laughs> so it's, is that what you do? That's what you call when you squirt, Master Blasting. Um, uh, so, speaking of squirting, I saw this really funny tweet. I don't know if I sent it to you or not, but it said. Uh, it said, um, imagine, it said, imagine being, imagine squirting in the 1600s and then just being accused of being a witch, <laughs> which made me, made me laugh. The um, only thing I'm accused of is being a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, but Hey, you know who else was that fucking lady from the nineties? Um, what's it called? 
I'm a bitch. Meredith Brush. I'm a mother. I'm a child. I'm a lover. I'm a sinner. Oh, yeah. Paula Abdul. Paula Abdul. (laughs) Jabbar. Um, So we we then have the final uh, showdown where, uh, listen, the lone wolf takes him out again. I will say the sand blood, not as good. Uh, But... What, I I remember the last guy dying. He's like, I always wanted to kill a man like this special way, the exact way he where he cuts the neck so perfectly, the blood squirts twenty thousand feet. It's so bad that he did it to me. <laughs> like that is he's just dying. Like, <laughs> and uh, that pretty much brings us to an end with zero closure. Just more adventures of the lone wolf and the cub uh, of Shogun Assassin, nineteen eighty. One of my uh, all-time uh, favorite films, and I I, I thank you for allowing me to indulge. Uh, Ashley, your final thoughts on this film. You know, it just for I had a great time. Good, good pick, Eric. Um, I did just kind of feel like it was uh, the Wuhan virus meets The Hangover. Um, <laughs> man carrying a baby around for shenanigans. Um, but no, I had a great time. It was very fun. All right, great. And Jeremy, your thoughts on Shogun Assassin? Uh, I don't know if it was uh, as good as uh, Drunken Wu Tang. But uh, probably the best uh, foreign movie of 1972 and made into uh, two movies into one movie and finally uh, finally made into English. Thank God. Oh, <laughs> uh, until and, and you know what? Another, uh, this feat would never be recreated again until the, the late 90s when the movie Kung Pao would be released, which is definitely my favorite uh, dubbed movie. Made finally done different. with uh, fake um, uh, Asian people like uh, Carradine. So. Wee, 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 wee. Uh, so that's that's it for it. I personally love Shogun Assassin. Uh, there's something about the little kid narrator in it that just really gets me. I don't know why it just hooks me in and brings me into this weird world where uh, a man can just murder people all through the land of Japan with fucking zero consequences and just uh, it, it just felt good overall and I loved it and I thank you for letting me share it with both of you and our listeners. Uh, the only way you can watch this is either A, uh, order it and buy it off of the internet or go on Fixner and uh, just download it illegally. You can go to the Flixer. The Flixer. The Flixer. Actually, and, uh, Criterion had it and they wanted you to uh, subscribe to them and I decided not to because I'm poor. No, that happens sometimes. That's how it be, though. Uh, Ashley, where can people find you at? Uh, you can always find me online at Ashley Ponyan's Laughs, and you can catch me headlining uh, in Owings Mills June 4th, and then you can catch me hosting um, uh, for Mike Quinlan June 9th. Fuck yeah, all that shit. I, you know, I love the Mike Quinlan, real salt of the earth fella. Um, uh, you can find all things Aircomedy at aircomedy.com. I'll be at Beach Bash coming up this Friday night uh, with a couple of Ravens and this and that and the whole Die Laughing crew. So check me out. Ocean City, Maryland. Should be a fun time. Um, I can't say much more than that other than that uh, R.I.P. Chris comedy. Um, Jeremy, take us out. Hayak Jumanji! <laughs> <laughs>